Madness this weekend wrap up as Monday Night Madness on the Yoni Airwaves, the Infinity Project. Good evening, everybody. It's Monday night. Yeah, you know what that means. It's time for another long work week. Yay, not. <laughs> anyway, this is Beyond the Airways, the Infinity Project. And because it is Monday, that means it's time for Weekend Wrap-Up and Monday Night Madness. I'm your host for tonight. I am Oddball Extreme. And currently joined in the line by two of my crazy cohorts. First, we have Red Ranger Tim. Good evening to you, sir. Good evening, my dear. And we also have our Asian magician, Janet, on the line. Good evening, my dear. Hello. How is everybody? Good. And, Tim, I think I got another case of Super Sentai starting to grow on me again. Um, What is the one for Wildstorm? Something? Gow Ranger something? Or Wild Force? Yeah. Package Sentai Gow Ranger. Thank you. I watched a few episodes of that over the weekend. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> it's like, wow. It's like, boy. It's like, boy, they get away. Like I said, like I said, when they had that Super Sentai marathon, they get away with things over there they never get away with over here. <laughs> and, that's exact, and that's exactly why I like Sentai better than Power Rangers. They can get yeah. away with so much more. Mm-hmm. It's not, that doesn't mean I want them to do all that sort of thing or mm-hmm, bunch of right. it or whatever. It's just that there are so many more possibilities for potential storylines when you can do things you cannot do here in America. And that's right. what makes it more interesting. It might be predictable still. You know, obviously Monster gets beat up. Monster gets made 30 feet tall. Power Rangers you want. It doesn't matter what you want. I mean, there, okay, there might be one or two filler ones I would probably skip, but the, pretty much any episode you want in the first three seasons. Pick any one you want. And then, okay. And then after that is over, go watch an episode of uh, any of the newer ones, say uh, Super Mega Force. And, and note, you're not looking for specific content within episodes. What you're looking for is how things are done, and compare the two. Mm-hmm. You'll see why. You'll see why I don't give Power Rangers the time of day anymore. Yeah. They literally, they've literally dumbed down the entire franchise. You may as well bring in Barney and have him dance on the screen, saying that two plus two is four. <laughs> that's, about all the, that's about all the new Ranger series are even worth anymore, and that's a shame because they've done better before and with the same people than they're mm-hmm. doing now. Yeah. However, all that said, I did force myself, albeit semi unwillingly. To watch the 25th anniversary episode Dimensions in Danger, and mm-hmm. although I absolutely abhor the idea of a multiverse, the fact remains the episode was intended to be a 25th anniversary celebration, and where mm-hmm. Super Megaforce fell flat on its head one minute into the episode, they actually did the 25th anniversary right. They're bringing back ten favorites from the previous season, going all the way back to Mighty Morphin. They yep. had Tommy come in, and, and he actually used four of his five forms. Mm-hmm. The only one he did, the only one he did not use, was the first Red Turbo Ranger. He used all of his other ones, even without logical explanation, because mm-hmm. he shouldn't have. He, he should only have one form. Instead, he used. Four. And how did they get around using them? By creating a unique item called a Master Morpher. With a mm-hmm. Green Ranger coin, a White Ranger coin, and two brand new, never before seen power coins. The Zeo uh, Ranger 5 red power coin and the Dino Thunder black 
uh, PowerPoint. And mm-hmm. using the Master Morpher, he can switch between all four of them at will. So imagine he starts off as Neo Ranger 5 Red, which did not use PowerPoints to morph. And then deciding, you know, we need a change of pace here. He whips the Master Morpher back out again. Green Ranger power. Boom. He's back to the MMPR green. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, why didn't they do something like this in Super Mega Force? They could have. Why didn't they? Yeah. And then uh, they had the, the Ninja, uh, Ninja Steel Rangers team up with all the veteran rangers. Now, it was a dumb plot having a bunch of robot clones and whatnot, but that's mm-hmm. not the point. The point is to celebrate the anniversary of the show. You do that by bringing back the past cast members. And for once, they did more than just a half dozen of them with one line each. Several of them spoke about as much as any of the Ninja Steel Rangers did. Mm-hmm. That's how you do a 25th anniversary. That's how you do things right. Yep. And I and I have seen one episode of Beast Morphers, and I actually liked it, even though I've already seen Tokume Sentai Go Busters. That's basically, mm-hmm. and it is unique enough. I will I will say that much. I just haven't had time or the opportunity to get back to it. I want to do it. I just haven't had the time or opportunity. All right. But now you see. Now you see why I like watching Super Sentai more than Power Rangers. Right. Do I hear a... Oh, my. Mm-hmm. You did. (laughs) Oh, my. Okay. Oh, I'm waiting for them. I'll tell you this much. There was a lot of insanity from San Diego Comic-Con this year. (laughs) I believe it. All right, you got the puppies with me. Okay. And they're playing tug-a-rope, so. Well, it's going to be a doggy dog world out there. (laughs) No, it's a a tug-a-rope, not a doggone hot dog. Okay. (laughs) All right, well, anyway... Now we got that out of the way. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this. So, let's start off with the box office over the weekend. The Lion King didn't just win first place. They destroyed the competition. Okay. Oh, before you forget. Yes. Guess what movie is the all-time biggest movie in the entire world? Yep, it's Avengers, Avengers and- Endgame. Woohoo! We got Get it, out, we got it, we got it. it. That's right. <laughs> it took a little while, but yes, it's true. Avengers Endgame finally overtook Avatar, and James Cameron sent a celebratory tweet to Avengers Endgame. Of course, you know, think about it. He's had his previous record of not really liking superhero movies. Right. Right. But, you know. He likes more of the movies like... Um, like Avatar. I thought he did Avatar, but he didn't do the he deep did. either. No he, no, he did Avatar. I know, but I'm talking about the deep. Oh, okay. The movie right, well, movie. anyway. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, the Lion King destroyed the entire competition. The adjusted the adjusted total weekend gross one hundred ninety two million dollars. What was his budget? Don't know. What was it, budget? I don't know. It didn't say yet. It'll probably say it next week. Well let's put it this way. Um I did some calculating. It did nearly seventy three percent of the entire box office gross for the whole weekend. So let me see. Let me do one more bit of math here on my crazy calculator. Let's see. 263-421-099 minus, let's see, 191-770-759. All the other movies combined made only $71,650,340. <laughs> so, so Lion King all by itself 
did about maybe two and a half times everybody else. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my. Because here's the number two movie. Spider-Man Far From Home, $21.2 million. Can you say distant second? <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, and then Toy Story 4 is number three at $15.5 million. Crawl made about $6.1 million. And the number five movie is Yesterday with $5 million. Now, you know where I love to go, right? Right to the, the bottom. bottom of the, the bottom of the heap. For all Let's these movies made... Yep. All these movies made, yeah. All these movies made a thousand dollars or less at the box office. <laughs> and I will tell you this right now: no, the two, the rating, the rating champ of the last two weeks is not on the list this week at all. It's gone. <laughs> you oh mean somebody my. else did worse? No, the walking soap opera had been the loser of the past two weeks. It's no longer on the list. You mean somebody did worse? No, I think no, I think they finally pulled it from the theater. All right, so anyway, let's see. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen movies made under a thousand dollars, and nobody made under a hundred. So, here are the movies. Number one, The Queen. It's a 2019 release. Nine hundred eighty-nine dollars. Next up is I'll Take Your Dead with $942. Killer Unicorn, $935. Yes, you know what? Unicorn would kill you if it got you in the end with that damned horn of his. Her. True, you're right. All right, then Rafiki did $905. Heading Home, The Tale of Team Israel, $833. Diamantino, $729. Shadow, $689, and I think it's got nothing to do with the pulp pulp fiction hero of the 30s. <laughs> Let's see. Then we have The Cure, Anniversary, 1978 to 2018, live in Hyde Park, $480, and it dropped 98.8%. Ouch. Let's see. Then we have Halston with $467. Papi Chulo with $422, Meeting Gorbachev $321, Iyengar $212, and finally, the best, or should I say the worst of the worst, is... Yamadine, $140. Oh my... Now I'm wondering something. 140 bucks. How many? Let's see. I don't know why I'm loving doing this. 191770759 divided by 140. Let's see. It made one. Let's see. The Lion King made 1,369,791.14 times better than um, Yamadine. <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, so so there you have it—the box office results. And of course, most people, of course, that probably didn't matter in the city of San Diego because guess what was happening in San Diego? Comic Con. San Diego Comic Con. Yep, it's like the biggest con on the planet. <laughs> All right. Oh, good. Somebody, um, somebody decided to put the entire thing in one shot, which this is a good thing. That's good because that way I don't have to go struggling to find every doggone um, website. It's like, what was this? What was that? Because there was so much going on. They had brand new trailers um, for both TV and movies. Let's see. They got let's see. Arrow's newest season is ready. Uh, the Flash's new season is on the way. And I got shocked on the flash. It's like I heard the voice. Like, why does that guy ring a bell? Because Sandal Ramamurthy, who was Mohinder Suresh in Heroes, will get to play the season six baddie. It's like sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm all for that. 
It's like, I am so for that. <laughs> I am definitely going to have to vacuum up the computer room floor tomorrow. Cosmo's oh. chewing on a rope toy, and it uh-huh. sheds. Oops. Yeah, I and it's that keeping one. him from barking. But yeah, there are so many highlights. It's just difficult to get through them all. Pick your favorite. Well, let's see. Um, the first trailer for Star Trek Picard came out, and I saw that. And like, how many of the characters did you recognize? I saw uh, Data and uh, Seven of Nine. Of course, Seven of Nine. You Data couldn't tell and Seven her. of Nine and the Borg. Yep. The Borg showed up there. Somebody in the comments said that they hope Q puts in an appearance because he was a a prominent part of Picard's life. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Well... Let's see. Um, there's lots of things happen over the weekend. Uh, Agents of Shield is doing season six. Has done season six. Next season is going to be the last. Okay. Uh, let's see what else. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, I don't know if you heard about this one. Guess who's about to join uh, the uh, crazy Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover? Uh-oh. Who? The original Robin. Burt Ward. Ooh. Oh, you're kidding. No. He's going to be there. Burt Ward will be a part of it. Now, there's a funny... There's a story that's saying Tom Welling from Smallville and Linda Carter are going to be there too, but it's not. But it's from a from a it's from a website that's not really reliable. So unless there's proof, I ain't going to say that one. <laughs> okay, don't say you did. All right. Well, anyway, let's see what else. Um, Supergirl's getting a new outfit. Yeah, she's already got a new haircut, a new outfit, and it's good because she needed something for those cold nights filming in Vancouver. <laughs> oh, my. Because seriously, during the wintertime, remember, they're, they're filming like around the fall and winter, and boy, it can get cold up there. So. It can get, excuse me, I'm sorry. It can get really crazy. Because you know, because so, I've seen Stephen Amell post videos like when he has to do the night shoots. Sometimes you can see his breath. <laughs> oh my! Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh, excuse me. But yeah, there's there's like so much. There was so much going on. But you know, one of the best thing is nowadays. Now they got a lot of they got a lot of services that live stream these panels, so it's like if you can't be there, now you don't have to worry about it. Which is so helpful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, let's see. What else came along? Let's see. Um, oh, here, this is a big surprise. Uh, Veronica Mars. You know, she's got that new season. It was on Hulu. It was actually supposed to start this coming Friday. They put it out right in the middle of San Diego Comic-Con. So it's like, it started already. <laughs> okay. Mhm. And let's see. It was also announced that uh, Brandon Ruth and Tyler Hoechlin will both be playing Superman in that crazy crossover. So basically, Brandon is like taking up Superman again. <laughs> so that's a good thing. 
And let's see. Oh, yes. Uh, Young Justice Outsiders is coming back for season four on the DC Universe app. So, like, that's a good thing. Uh, oh, now this is one I didn't know about. Uh, will Black Lightning join the Arrowverse? That's the question. So, let's see. Um, let's see. Uh, for as long as Black Lightning's been airing on the CW, it's been kept separate from the networks of the DC Cape shows, despite the fact that the annual crossovers are a big part of what pe- gets people hyped up to watch them every year. During the Black Lightning panel at San Diego Comic-Con this year, the topic came up once again, and Black Lightning himself has had some thoughts to share. When nothing's been set in stone or announced, Chris Williams said that after some of the talks he's heard about future plans, he wouldn't be surprised if Black Lightning, Lightning, and Thunder ended up crossing paths with the likes of Team Arrow and Company at some point in the future. Given that Crisis on Infinite Earths, as in literally all possible Earths, is the Arrowverse's next big tentpole special, it would make all the sense in the world for the event to, at the very least, open a pathway for Black Lightning to finally bump shoulders with the other heroes that dominate the CW. Williams' comments come at a time when Black Lightning's world is becoming bigger and arguably more larger than life by superhero genre standards, with a new arc about the nation of Markovia and its plans to build an army of metahumans similar to the ones created in Freeland. Between the arrival of the Markovians and Tobias Wales' designs on building a metahuman trafficking business, it's hard not to see Black Lightning's genre elements beginning to cleave closer to other series like Young Justice Outsiders, ones with larger-scale stakes with the potential to impact the entire country. Um... There was the sizzle reel shown during the panel, and it's right there. You can watch, like, you know, it's on YouTube already. So, of course, Black Lightning's always been a show about the Black Lightning family first and a show about superheroics second, which the Feast of Williams, who plays Anissa Pierce, a.k.a. Thunder, was careful to reiterate again during the panel. It's not until you see us in a battle or in a situation where we're either trying to save ourselves or our community that you realize we're superheroes. It's not until you see us in these costumes that it reminds you that Black Lightning's really show about community first. Aside from his literal removedness, removedness from the Arrowverse, the time Black Lightning spent establishing the complicated relationship that its heroes have with the community they've dedicated themselves to protecting has been one of the biggest things setting it apart from CW's other cape offerings. While the Legends have been playing around with stuffed animal gods, and Team Arrow's been mucking around with time travel, Black Lightning spent its time exploring ideas more grounded in reality, like how a black superhero's race factors into their interactions with the police. The show has also tackled plots about the needs of underserved communities going unmet because of systemic institutional forces that a superhero just can't punch away. While that might not sound flashy, it's an interesting way to challenge audiences to broaden their understandings of what heroes can fight for and how they can do it, and because this is still a CW superhero show, it's all topped off with people in wild costumes throwing energy beams at one another. As totally different as Black Lightning can sometimes be compared to the CW's other series, they're not so disparate that a crossover would somehow not make sense. After two seasons, Black Lightning's built up a solid foundation of heroes and villains, battling it out in ways befitting of a show that's been at the center of its own universe. But now that the show's beginning to move into an even more action-packed, fantastical realm, it feels like Black Lightning might finally get an invite to the big bash that all the other CW's other heroes have been parting at for years. Of course... The only the only issue would be um, is this: the Arrowverse shows are all filmed in Vancouver. Black Lightning is filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. So we're talking a good twenty five hundred mile distance here. That is a lot of tracks to make. Yeah. Because when when some of the cast members were at Dragon Con last year, you know, I said, boy, if they want to do a crossover, it'd be difficult because Black Lightning's filmed right here in Atlanta. And somebody said, wait a minute, it's filmed here? I said, yeah, it's filmed here in Atlanta. I recognize some of the uh, buildings, the the uh, uh, Ferris wheel. I hope that, I don't know if that Ferris wheel is still there, but. <laughs> But boy, there was. But I mean, there has been so much. Yeah, let's see. Uh, the Game of Thrones creators did not attend Comic Con. I had mentioned that last week. So. 
Well, let's see. Uh, Dark Crystal Age of Resistance is about ready to go. Carnival Rose first trailers just debuted. Uh, that's one I think is for Hulu. Yeah, and it's got Orlando Bloom in it. Yes, Legolas. <laughs> Yeah, see, Preacher's got its one. Preacher's final season. Um, of course, I mentioned Picard already. Now, oh yes, this is a this is a huge shock. Okay, the Orville. You know, it's been on Fox for a couple years. Well, guess what? It's moving to Hulu for the third season, and that season will not be coming until twenty. 20. So, what exactly happened here? And this is posted Saturday. Uh, Seth MacFarlane's sci-fi comedy adventure, The Orville, kicked so much ass in its second season that we were pleased but not surprised when it was renewed for a third season by Fox. At the San Diego Comic-Con panel, MacFarlane and a whole crew shared some teases for what to expect from season three, which surprisingly won't be airing on Fox. McFarlane and a few of the show stars took to Comic-Con to discuss the third season of the series and reminisce about some of the big character developments of season two. However, to the surprise of gathered fans, McFarlane and crew announced at the panel that the show will be shifting from Fox to the streaming platform Hulu for its next batch of episodes, which aren't slated to arrive until 2020. The move comes after McFarlane's overall production with deal with 20th Century Fox now owned by Disney, expires and also seems to be influenced by a need to delay the third season. Of course, as Disney now also owns Hulu, who is just a lateral one? Oh, monopolies. In a statement given in an accompanying press release for the news, McFarlane praised Fox in his time there, going on to say, but as the show has resolved and become more ambitious production-wise, I determined that I would not be able to deliver episodes until 2020, which would be challenging for the network. So we began to discuss how to best best to support the third season in a way that worked for the show. So the Orville's third season is on the way, bigger than ever, but it'll take a little longer than expected. It was previously part of Fox's mid-season lineup, and you're going to have a new way to watch it. It'll be on Hulu next year. The only thing is, you have to you have to take a paid subscription or you can't see it. Which I think Don't. that's a bunch of bull. You know what I mean? You have to pay for it or you can't see it. And according to Fox, it was a breach of renewal contract. So. Sorry, you'll have to put up with that for a few minutes. That's okay. They're playing with the blue bowl. I'll be back in a minute. Okay. Let's see. Ooh, what's this? Every episode of Robotech is now available to stream for free? Okay, alongside a bunch of special features. Let's see. Let's see. Um, Let's see. Harmony Gold has announced a partnership with FilmRise, a streaming and film distribution company. As Polygon reports, this means all Robotech plus 11 hours of bonus features are hitting streaming platforms entirely for free. It also means that the the three original anime that made up the series will also be made available for streaming alongside the 1986 animated Robotech movie. Readers, that's a lot of mecha anime. 255 episodes in total. Let's see. So... All right, let's see. The legacy brand Robotech has been getting a major push over the past few years with Harmony Gold working on plenty of merchandise. The streaming deal, an ongoing comic, and also the ongoing tale of a live-action movie in the works by a Sony. New streaming Robotech smorgasbord is available via the FilmRise streaming service or the Roku channel or Vudu, all of which provided for free via ad-supported viewing. Which, that's perfectly legit. That's no problem. I can live with that. I'm back. Janet, Sorry for the yeah. Well, Janet, brace yourself. How would you like to watch every bit of Robotech? Oh, ho, ho, ho. English dub or Japanese? Probably English dub because because I just read this. Um, 
all of Robotech. That means there's 11 hours of bonus features are hitting streaming platforms entirely for free. That means the three original anime that made up the series will also be made available streaming alongside the 1986 animated Robotech movie. We're talking 255 episodes total. So, is it going to be on Amazon Prime? No, it's going to be the it's going to be via the Filmrise streaming service or the Roku channel or Vudu. The good news is they provide it for free, but you do have to put up with ads. What streaming service was that first one? Uh, Filmrise streaming service. Filmrise, okay, Filmrise streaming service. Yeah, and there's also Roku and Vudu. So. I might sign up for Vudu then. Okay. Yeah. You know. But yeah, all it's like all Robotech all the time. Boy, I have the attention span of a gnat, so it right. take me would take me forever to get through all of those episodes. Mhm. Yeah, and then uh, Mahershala. Mahershala Ali. Now I finally got his name right. Thanks to Kevin Feige. Um, Mahershala Ali. Kevin Day. No, it's Feige. It's Feige. You're talking about our Kevin, all right? No, not no. I'm talking about Kevin Feige, the president of Marvel. Oh, never mind. <laughs> it's F E I G E. Let's see. Anyway, um, Kevin Feige announced that. Mahershala Ali will be Blade in, I believe, 2021. I never did care for the first Blade movie. And they're doing a remake? No, I think they're just going to start from scratch. But, excuse me. But then, of course, Marvel and DC, both Marvel and DC announced what they're going to be doing movie-wise for the next four years. Are you? Is my game bothering you guys? No. no. It's not. Hold but, on. Um, okay. But this is like you know, a big. This is a pretty big deal. Of course, uh, let's see. Natalie Portman has been announced as the female Thor. And for those of you who think no, that's not going to work. It's like, uh, yeah, it will because Jane Foster in the comic books did become female Thor. So this is actually an exact match. A lot of people not think Natalie Portman's a good fit for the role, though. Well, she said, well, she posted on Twitter, she said, this will be my before picture. Just wait till I um, get in shape. <laughs> Plus, if I, as I was reading earlier, something about in the comics, her character becomes the female Thor. So Correct. transitioning from the comics to the yeah. big screen, it would only make sense that her actress, Natalie Portman, thus becomes the next Thor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> Kevin Feige wanted Mahershala Ali for Blade before he even suggested it. <laughs> Uh. Oh, yeah, let's see. there's also. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Who played Blade in the other, the first version? Wesley Snipes. He was first. But let's see. Another big thing is Terminator Dark Fate. That's coming. Well, another Terminator movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But. Then, but here's the good news. Linda Hamilton and Arnold Schwarzenegger are both in it. As is Edward Furlong. Who played John. I just hope that it's decent. Well, I'll put, this, well I'll put it this way. Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. God, this will make you laugh. Sarah Connor says, Metal Motherfucker. Metal oh, Motherfucker? My. Yep, Metal Motherfucker. <laughs> I actually saw. I actually watched the trailer. It's like metal motherfucker. Oh god. 
I had visions of Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Let's see. Ooh, Infinity. Oh, uh, Cartoon Network. I saw something for this show called Infinity Train. This girl gets on a train, but she can't get off. But it's oh like there's my. like a special. What's really cool is it's a it's going to start off as a five night event starting on August fifth. It's like I want to see this now because I saw like some bits and pieces of it. I feel like I'm really liking this already. It's like it's like when I saw Ben Ten on a um I saw Ben Ten like on a December night like two thousand like two thousand five or something just before the series started. I'm thinking this may look really good. It lasted it lasted a long time so. I hope this game is not bothering you. No, it's not. You're fine. I'm just going to sit on auto spin and letting it go while I talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was also revealing there was a Batman. They only come up with Batman statues at Comic Con and such. Well, I'll put it this way. I'll put it this way. Um, They made for the 100th statue. They have the regular small size one, but they also happen to have a um, a full size six foot statue. Okay. So it's like holy crap. <laughs> oh, speaking of Batman, I know you're not a big fan of Doctor Phil, but there's mm-hmm. a guy. He had a, I've seen the episode before, but there's a guy who. Has well, had a good career going for himself in the army, right? Mm-hmm. He quit his job. He was discharged. He discharged, and he goes around hunting up bad guys dressed in a Batman costume. Ah. And at one point, he did this video for YouTube. He dressed up as Batman, and he forced his wife to dress up as Harley Quinn in the videos. Ah. Part two is tomorrow. Oh, okay. But he wants to be called, legally change his name to Bruce Wayne Batman when he, um, when, um, when he gets married. But only if yeah. his fiance approves. Yeah. I think he's a few bricks shy of a full wheelbarrow. You're probably right. Okay. Anyway, oh. here you go. Okay, oh, I gotta show you this one. What would you do if you combined Optimus Prime with the Ghostbusters? Ectotron. Yeah. Well, let's see. Oh, well, here's the story. I have no idea who I. You now, this is from the right. This is the writer's words, and it's Jermaine Lucier. And this was posted Thursday night. Uh, I have no idea whose idea it was to make Ghostbusters-themed Transformers, but to that person or people, we'd like to give you an old tip of the cap. This week, one of the standout exclusive toys coming to Hasbro's booth at San Diego Comic-Con is the MP10G Optimus Prime Ecto-35, or, in plain English, an Optimus Prime that looks like the car in Ghostbusters. Why? Who cares why? It's still my favorite 80s brand, and it was something I knew I had to have. Thankfully... I expressed that desire to Hasbro, who sent me a free sample to check out, and it was instantly one of my favorite toys ever. So what they got is they got it in a masterpiece box. The pack, when the packaging is a basically a wearable proton pack. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Oh, dude, that is. Oh yeah, now it makes sense. Once you open the package, the first thing you notice are all the accessories included. There's a little Slimer from Ghostbusters, a Matrix of Leadership from Transformers, Optimus Prime's gun, and an Autobot roller that's in the shape of a ghost trap. Wins all around. <laughs> oh, it's amazing yeah. what they can come up with. You know what? that? It's amazing yeah. ideas people can come up with. Mm-hmm. It's also far from just a simple choice between leaving Optimus Prime in truck form or robot form. You can put Slimer on the roller. You can put Optimus in the trailer. He can wear a proton pack. The trailer turns into a gun. It's almost overwhelming how many options there are. 
For me, though, I went simple. I wanted to turn Optimus Prime into a Ghostbuster. The 26-step transformation was relatively easy, though the instructions are rather small and sometimes hard to read. Once it was done, I was excited about what I had created. And then the PA, the PA de resistance, putting a proton pack and blaster on him to go full Ghostbuster. A few short steps later, and voila, it was done. Oh my gosh, Optimus Prime's got a proton pack on. That's so cool. Like most toys of this size and detail, the pieces are a little bit fragile. Optimus's finger popped off as I was putting the gun in his hand, and a few times I was worried I was going to snap something off as I transformed him. But that's kind of par for the course. The set retails for $150, which is expensive, but if you are a Transformers and or Ghostbusters and have the means, I don't think you'll be disappointed with this very fun, detailed set. I mean, even the instructions are filled with cool tidbits, like, um, like this. Uh, how does a proton pack work? Emits a proton streams, a stream of positively charged ions that holds ghosts in place. What do I do if I see symmetrical book stacking? Like the Philadelphia Mass Turbulence of 1947, assume no human would stack books that way and being investigating, begin investigating the paranormal activity. Movie and finally... Quotes. Huh? Movie quotes. Right. And finally, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. <laughs> Let's see. Now I have to decide. Go ahead. I wonder how much it would go for if it wasn't available only at Comic Con. Well, it's only $150. Let's see. Only? Now I have to, yeah. <laughs> now I have to decide do I keep them in robot form, back to truck form, and do I need to pick up the other Ghostbusters Transformers that are coming out? Such big decisions. Decisions, decisions. The nearest, the nearest, the What decisions, decisions, decisions do you got to make? The nearest, the nearest, the nearest. The nearest, the nearest, the nearest. <laughs> How do I love saying that? <laughs> oh my. But yeah. I mean. Don't get me wrong, maybe one day I'll, I may try to go back to San Diego Comic Con, but not likely, not considering it's $291 now. Just a go. When Janet and I went, it was just 60 bucks. Yes, and $15, $15 for three days worth of pass on the light rail. Exactly. So we didn't have to waste the gas in our car, did we? Nope. We said, yeah, we saved a lot of gas doing that. And speaking of saving gas, <laughs> saving gas, um, since you saving guys know we have dr- You know the best way what? to save gas? What? Don't eat a lot of beans or broccoli. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Oh, yes. Uh, have you seen the trailer for, um, what is it? It's a, what's that one called? A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Because, boy, Tom Hanks has amped it up as Fred Rogers. And some people are already thinking potential Oscar? (laughs) Let's see. Okay, uh Shira season three is coming up on I believe it's August second. I gotta catch I gotta catch up with season two. Because I did watch season one and I actually liked it. I mean don't get me wrong, I'm always gonna be a fan of the original, but I love the changes they made here. Let's see. Well while you're looking at that, let me ask you a question. You and when you and okay. Janet both the questions. Have you okay. heard of Murphy's? Have you heard of Murphy's law? Yes. What is it? I know it. What can go wrong it? will go wrong. Right. And mm-hmm. have you heard of Cole's law? Yeah, it's something you eat. <laughs> Shredded cabbage. <laughs> A little Quite bit of mayonnaise. Actually, uh, close. Sliced cabbage. 
Ah. <laughs> and no, for the record, that was not a sound effect. I actually have mastered that making that sound. Ah, gotcha. It took a lot of pra- it took a lot of practice. Yeah, one thing one thing I like about the new Shira, they made every, they made everyone's body type different because no offense to the filmation fans, but if you turn everything black and white, you almost couldn't tell who was who. Whereas here it is so easy to tell the difference. Oh, excuse me. Oh. But my goodness, yeah, San Diego Comic Con, you can tell. But I'll, there is a very, very funny story that came out of it, <laughs> and I posted it in the group. Oh my! Yeah, it's basically um, when you've got so many Deadpool cosplayers, you better hope you brought the right one home with you because somebody brought the wrong one home. That was so oh funny. Yep. Yep. She accidentally brought the wrong Deadpool home. So give me a second here while I put the link in there. You, know, you guys have probably read it already, but this is just too funny. So here's what's going on out of San Diego, and this was posted yesterday. Viewed as a rather embarrassing mix-up, Amy Faith arrived home with what she believed was her boyfriend after an exhausting weekend at San Diego Comic-Con, only to realize the Deadpool she went home with was the wrong one. I always heard about something like this happening to other people, but I never thought it would actually happen to me, Faith said. I always figured no matter what, I would know my Deadpool from the thousands of other Deadpools attending Comic-Con. I was wrong. You were wrong. Yep. Comic-Con can be a very confusing time, even for experienced cosplayers like Faith and her boyfriend, Peter Aquino. Researchers estimate that as many as 600 Deadpools, Spider-Men, Gokus, and even Nesses get mixed up each year at SDCC. <laughs> In her defense, all Deadpools basically look the same. Red spandex, two swords, guns, that one suspender thing, hands against their face like Kevin from Home Alone, Comic-Con representative Brandon West told reporters while trying to find face Deadpool. And there are so many of them, all of them acting like morons trying to be funny. You can't tell who is your friend and who is doing a bit. Unfortunately, we started drinking and a Deadpool conga line started and I had no idea which Deadpool was my Deadpool, Faith explained. I woke up in a pile of sleeping hungover Deadpools and led who I thought was my boyfriend to the car. After the three-hour drive home to Highland, the wrong Deadpool revealed that he was not, in fact, Aquino. After another three-hour drive back to San Diego, Faith retrieved her boyfriend and the other Deadpool was remanded to the custody of his parents. Okay, I'm not going to say it wasn't wrong, the unnamed 34-year-old Deadpool who wasn't Peter Aquino said, stifling laughter. But that is totally something Deadpool would do, am I right? Chimichanga! Faith says she harbors no ill will towards the other Deadpool and hopes next Comic-Con she can live up a fantasy where two Deadpools give her their maximum effort. (laughs) Oh, God. Can you imagine her embarrassment when she got home? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm sorry, I'm not the right one. But even he realized. Even he realized that it was an honest mistake. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Exactly. Okay. Now I saw this one. This was posted by um back on Thursday. No, I posted it Friday. A Nebraska woman deems a Spider-Man statue as demonic and anti-Christian. Oh, please spare me the idiocy of these people. Yeah. Yeah. This is called ignorance, people. Complete and utter ignorance. Right. And there's no excuse for it. 
Yeah. And here's what's going on. A Nebraskan woman has decried a Spider-Man statue, uh, an art statue, as demonic and anti-Christian because she believes it is it, she believes it to be representative of the devil. A sculpture located near the Lincoln's Children's Lincoln Children's Zoo in Lincoln, Nebraska, titled "Spider-Man" by artist Ian Anthony Lang, shows Spider-Man's red and black clad hand spinning a web when making his iconic web shooter motion. But one woman is demanding city action and condemn the statue because it is anti-Christian, demonic, and completely inappropriate for showcasing her family attraction, according to the Lincoln Journal-Star. It is a sculpture of two hands open, painted red and black, and formed into devil horns, reads the email sent to Mayor Lyrian Gaylord Baird. The unidentified woman called the six-foot sculpture ugly and demanded it to be moved because it is a hate crime against the church. City Ombudsman Lynn Quenzer explained the Spider-Man statue is one in a line of 50 sculptures citywide as part of the Serving Hands Lincoln Public Art Project in benefit of campus life. The nonprofit's executive director, Matt Schulte, said the statue was sent in reference to the Marvel Comics superhero. Spider-Man's costume is sometimes depicted in a red and black color scheme in favor of his traditional red and blue, including Marvel Studios' blockbuster Spider-Man Far From Home. The sculpture is most definitely not a devil-related sculpture, Schulte said when responding to the citizen. It clearly has a very playful, childlike intent. Quester added the city will not be seeking to remove the Spider-Man Spider-Man sculpture, which will be available to purchase at auction alongside similar sculptures in the public art series October 25th at 7 p.m. at Pinnacle Bank Arena. And it's like... It's like she probably has no damn clue as to who Spider-Man is or whatever. She's one. Of, she's probably one of those. Questions. If you she ask probably me, never read comic books when she was younger. Okay, hold it, Janet, Janet, Janet. Tim was trying to say something. Go ahead. If you ask me, they ought to have her committed because mm-hmm. I've seen the picture, mm-hmm. and I can tell you, well beyond 110 percent, that is not devil's horns. That is not no. even close. The devil's horns. It mm-hmm. is not demonic in nature. And quite frankly, if you ask me, she needs help. And I hope mm-hmm. she gets it. Yeah. But she, I mean, I hope that's all she needs is some help. But you and me both. And it's just, it's just ridiculous. I feel like it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm a Christian myself, but you don't see me, you know, doing anything against anybody like this. It's not even, to me, it's not even so much that. It's that she thinks that this is demonic in nature, and I'm sorry? No, mm-hmm. it's not. Yeah. Not even close. Mhm. When is this shit gonna gonna quit? That's the big no question. Idea. When people would when people stop judging by what they see and you know get the right interpretation. But yeah, oh, uh, let's see, one other thing. Uh, She-Ra and the Princesses of Power, uh, they're going to have a new character named Huntara, who, who who was seen in the original She-Ra series before. But guess who's going to be voicing Huntara? Gina Davis. You're kidding. Nope. She's a moldy oldie we haven't heard in a while. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah. Who'd be a good character in a in a He-Man animation? Kathy Bates. Whoa. Yeah. Was in Misery. Mhm. She'd be good as a bad guy. Yeah. You're probably right. Yeah, but I mean, you just have to you just have to Google everything about. San Diego Comic Con because so much happened. 
all good from the sounds of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's something interesting. Um, I posted this over at Toll Tun- my Toll Tunage group. Uh, Disney Junior is going to have a new Rocketeer cartoon. Okay. Now, now I'm going to tell you two things. Number one, this Rocketeer is a kid. Because remember, this is Disney Junior. All right? So this is meant for little kids. So yes, we're going to have a little kid be the Rocketeer. But here's where it gets fun. Her father will be voiced by the man who played the Rocketeer, Billy Campbell. Oh, he, it sounds interesting. He, yeah, he portrayed the Rocketeer in the real movie in nineteen in the I think it was like nineteen ninety one, and now he gets to voice the Rocketeer's dad. This should be interesting. Mhm. I agree. Yeah, let's see. You got Dark Crystal. Oh yeah, Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. That's coming. So it's like there's so much coming. Of course, there's that insane crisis on Infinite Earth crossover that's coming. Uh, that's coming probably towards Christmas time. So, but yes, there was so much came out of San Diego Comic Con. It's like you can't. It's like I'd have to do like we'd have to do like a whole show on it. <laughs> But anyway, we are. Excuse me, we're running out of time. So we've got here's our slate. Of course, tomorrow night is New Car Smell Tuesday, and Tim will of be out the rabbit hole as per usual, which is fine. No biggie, never been a problem. And Wednesday, I think this is the episode a lot of, we've all been waiting for on this one. Wednesday is our Secrets of the Unknown episode, talking about psychic mediums. With our special guest, author, I hope I got it, Chuck Banks. Right, Tim? That's correct. That is, cor- that is correct. Oh, good. Chuck Banks will join us for a lovely discussion of psychics and mediums, and which will also be taking a look at the recently deceased Lorraine Warren, one of the mm-hmm. pioneers of the paranormal field, who passed away in April of this year. Mhm. Yeah. So that's going to be, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting on Wednesday. So if you want to tune in for that one, please don't miss this one because we got our special guest Chuck Banks, and it's going to be it's going to be I think it's going to be an interesting episode. Oh yeah. So. Absolutely. Mhm. Because I I love psychic phenomena. I really do. I enjoy it. So. All right, then of course Thursday is the usual free for all, and boy, we got some good rant rocket stories already in mind. And then of course Friday, we continue the summer of naughty Mad Libs. Yes, naughties. Bring as much of your naughties as possible. So anyway, please remember to follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and follow us on our website, beyondtheairwaves.weebly.com. If you ever miss an episode, because let's face it, life happens. There are three ways you can catch up. First, there's the Stitcher.com app, available on iTunes, Google Play, and the Amazon Kindle Store. Second, you can listen to or download full episodes of the show from blogtalkradio.com. And finally, you can find us on iTunes. Just do a search in the podcast for on the airwaves, and you'll find many of our episodes there. So with that in mind, I'm going to say love, peace, and chicken grease. Everybody have a great night, sleep well, stay safe, and we'll see you tomorrow for New Carcel Tuesday. Yeah, well, it's no taste, Miss Miko. I don't drink. Yeah. I don't catch Pokemon all the time, but when I do, I drink Dolphins. Stay catching, my friends. Yeah. The reason I do that, there's a specific Pokemon named Ariados, so I just reverse it to Dos Arius instead of Dos Equis and Dos Arius. Alright, that is all for tonight. Have a great night, and remember... You m- I almost had him. I had him. I almost had him. <laughs> you stuttering prick, you. Shut up! As Whoa. one. And then... Angry. Mm-hmm. Angry.
I'm Groot. Uh huh. I'm Groot. Oh shit! <laughs> and finally. Martian Flingos have invaded supermarkets across the planet. They have come to steal Earth's ammonia. Shut up! <laughs> all right. That's all for tonight. Have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow. Night, y'all. Good night, everybody. Yeah.